Welcome to Weston Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westernroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. We had our Salt and Light Conference, our 60th anniversary. We hosted the CAOG Conference, and now November's already here. How many of you are, like, surprised? Is it just me? I, I felt like this year's flown by. Um, but when I still look ahead, God's not done with this year yet. And He's not done in your life, especially. And, and I love the fact that God gets to be God, not me. Why? What does He say in His Word? He will do exceedingly. And abundantly, far beyond you could ever think or imagine. This is nothing to do with my sermon. I just want to encourage you a little more and then we'll jump in. But listen, so whatever you've been asking of the Lord to do, if He could do exceedingly and abundantly far beyond, what if we began to ask Him even more? <laughs> think about it. Because if, if I can elevate my expectation of what God can do in my life, which is anything, then God exceed even my wildest dreams. Some of us just, we play it a little too comfortable or a little too safe and saying, well, God, this is what I'm going to ask for. When you serve a God who owns everything. And so, huh. that was interesting. Did we lose power back there or something? Okay. Well, I'm just going to keep going. Maybe the devil doesn't like this. So I expect these lights are going to work. Not because of the production. They're good. They know what they're doing. But what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. So here's, you know why? I'll tell you, this might be okay for you as like a music musician, technical person. These kind of things... Like, already my mind is halfway gone. So in the name of Jesus, pray for me. It's because I have a technical brain. I love the production, the video stuff. Like, my brain goes there. So that's not my assignment this morning. What was I saying? Yes, redirect. So some of us play it too safe. And, and we're content because we don't want to offend God or maybe... We, we're too polite, maybe, but we just say, God, if, if you would just do this, the just do this is, is not the exceedingly and abundantly that he promises. It's the, I just need a little, like, if you could just hear. But when I ask of the Lord, the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. And he shows up. So if that's the case, and he can do exceedingly and abundantly, far beyond I could ever think or imagine, the Bible in Isaiah 55 says his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So therefore, it's not, Lord, if you could just, it's what are the dreams that you have? What are the things that, if you would tell your spouse even, or maybe your parents, younger people in the room, that they would maybe think, that's cute, but that's not you. What are those things? And the, they might seem like they're wild when you begin to verbalize them. But we ought to ask because we serve a big God and nothing is impossible for him. Now, I'll qualify all of that by saying that you need to yield yourself to him. Put him first. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the what? The desires of your heart. A lot of times... We hear people quote, oh, God, God wants to grant the desires of your heart. But we leave out the first part where it says, delight yourself in who? In the Lord. And, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. So it's not just what do I want. It's me linking up with Jesus and saying, Lord, I know your plan for me is big. It's great. I know you're, you have a future for me, a plan to give me a hope and a future, not to harm me, Jeremiah 29, 11. And so therefore, according to all of what you have in store for my life, God, here it is. 
Let it unfold in my life. So I don't know who needs to be encouraged and reminded today. And then when God speaks, and some of you, you've received words from the Lord. You hold on to them. And when I say stand on the promise of God's word, you know, if you want to literally write on, write on a piece of paper, and every day you need to physically remind yourself and then stand on it and pray and say, Lord, I'm standing on this promise today, do it. Right here, you know this story. Under this, these tiles on the wooden plank of this platform, I wrote, your word never returns void. It always accomplishes what you intended to. It, when it's sent out, it will produce fruit. Why? Because I know, I, usually it's me, standing here preaching. And whoever else does, like last week when Pastor Miguel brought the word, Jesus my healer, we're standing on the promise that the eternal seed of God's word goes out, it cannot fail. His word never fails. It is the eternal seed. It lasts and endures forever. The grass will wither. The flowers will fade. But the word of the Lord remains forever. If you begin to sow the eternal seed of God's word and you stand on the promise thereof, you cannot fail because God never fails. And here's one last thing, and then we'll jump in. You know, I pray things, and I think sometimes they sound really good. And I think, God, you should back up what I just said. And, and God, he can. But you know what he'll back up 100% of the time? His word. God will always back up his word, but he doesn't have to back up your word. In fact, some of us can't even back up our own word. We like to talk the talk, but when it comes to walking it out, we're not too good at it. But God, he's not like you and me. He's faithful. God can do it even where man falls short. Amen? I'm so thankful to be back. Um, and we're going to get in this message this morning. The title is very simple. It's All In. All In. And, and there are a hundred different things that I could preach on today about how, what we need to be all in, like Jesus, our walk with him, all in in reading God's word. These are all true, and you can, uh, you're smart enough, hopefully, to apply all of those to your life. But this morning, we're going to really focus on connection. Connection. That you and me, we need a deeper connection and we're going to get to this, but I'll just give it to you now. I'll come back to it. That there are two. And in order, there's this vertical connection with Jesus. That we got to live this out every day. But then because of this vertical connection that I have, this relationship, then I am able to live this way. And obviously, if you are looking at me with your eyes, um, you know, the image is the cross. There's this vertical connection, and then there's the horizontal connection. I cannot do this well if this is not healthy. I can, I can try, but, you know, my love will be limited because the, the minute you diss me, you wrong me, it's over. But that's not what Christ has called us to as his church. Can somebody say amen? Right? We have to learn to love through the hardships, through the the feelings of being offended by what someone said to me. And so today we're going to look at some of this. And we're going to start off Genesis chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, it's the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2. And would you stand as we just read one verse? We stand in honor and reverence to God's holy word, the eternal seed Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'll be reading from the NLT, and I got, um, I was going to say the lyrics. We have the scripture on the screen behind me. And it's just this one verse. Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be, what? Alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. I'm going to read it again. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just spent probably seven minutes talking about 
the eternal seed of your word. God, I thank you that your word's already anointed as well. But I'm a human, so I ask for your anointing. Lord, I submit myself to your spirit's leading this morning. And I say anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might communicate this message the way you've given it to me, but the way you want it to be received by your people, Lord. I thank you and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. It's amazing, you know, we've read this maybe if you've grown up in church, you've been, you've owned a Bible, you read your Bible. You, this is, shouldn't be like a new verse that you come across. But when you stop and begin to break it down just a little bit, it's amazing how many things will jump out at you. How many of you know that's what the Holy Spirit does? You could read and even preach from a, a, a specific text, but you reread it. And then it hits you completely. You're like, I've read this a dozen times. How come I've never seen this before? And the Holy Spirit brings insight or deeper revelation. And we call that a rhema word. It's this, there's this written word. There's the logos. And then there's the rhema word that the Holy Spirit will speak. So listen to this. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. We read it. Then the Lord God said. So who said it? The Lord, God. What did he say? It is not good for the man to be alone. I just want to stop. What jumps out to me is, like God, yeah, he sees there's Adam. He, it's not just he's observing something. I want you to note God's senses. God knows beyond just like, oh, there's one person sitting on the front row. Her name is Priscilla. Cool. Check. No. God sensed and, and realized it's not good that Adam is alone. He sensed that there was this incompleteness, if that's the right word to say. That Adam was incomplete just being by himself. So he, he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. That means God perceived that there was something greater that Adam needed, but he didn't have it yet. And then he says... I will make a helper. So I want to stop right there. Who was going to make the helper? God. So he sees something. He doesn't just say, oh, it's not just an observation. Oh, look at Adam. He, he's kind of lonely. But he says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to be personally involved in meeting Adam's needs. And I just want to say, it's not part of the message, but there might be some single people in the house, some, um, some people who are praying for that special someone. I want you to know God perceives where you're at. He knows your situation. He knows what you've been praying in the secret. But also he knows how to provide and meet that need. Because he said to Adam, about Adam, I will make a suitable helper. And I just want to say this for what it's worth. If that's you, you're praying and you're asking God for that significant other. Never settle for less than God's best for your life. And when I say that, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old you think you are, you're getting and all the impossibilities now that come as a result of that. Never settle for less than God's best. And that's a message I'll preach. I don't care who you are or what your opinion is. I stand because God knows and God provides. And so I will make a helper who is what? Just right. Everyone say just right. Just right. Now look at your spouse if you have one. Turn to them and say, you're just right for me. <laughs> oh, that was really weak and quiet. Say, you're just right for me. Say with conviction. Amen. And so I love the fact that it's God who said it's not good for us to be alone. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad God said it because then nobody else can convince me otherwise. God said it isn't good for you to be alone. I'm saying outside of marriage, let's leave that relationship. Just in general, in life, you cannot be 
an island unto yourself. God did not design you. He said it's not good that you are alone. And so this also speaks into relationships and into our community, the people that we have around us. And here's what happens now when he creates Adam and Eve. He creates Eve now as a perfect, suitable companion. Right In Genesis chapter 3, they sin. And I'm not here to say it's Eve's fault, although read the story and she encourages him. And I'm not saying women make men sin. Men make themselves sin. So let's... I'm like digging a hole. <laughs> but they sin. And I want you to see the result of their sin. And it's in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. Here's what it says in Genesis 3 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. Look at their their response to that. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. So they sin, and immediately as a result, instead of walking with the Lord like they were enjoying, they went and hid. And I want to just break this down a little more. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, even what culture you were raised in, there is in every human being a natural bend towards independence or withdrawing, if I could say it that way. Why? I think when I read this, sin plays a part in that. Some of us, um, the nature of sin in us, when we sin, it's not something we're proud of. We feel the guilt. And I'm so grateful, not for condemnation, that comes from the devil. You're not good enough, shame on you, how dare you. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which is the, oh, I feel so horrible that I've messed up. And the conviction should lead us to repentance. Where repentance isn't, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, God, I'm sorry I sinned and I missed the mark. Help me now to walk in your grace to not sin no more. If you get knocked down again, what do you do? You get up again. And you repent again. And, and so what happens though most of the time is people have this natural bend towards independence. Here's the danger of that. Because when left alone, you will veer off in a direction where you will want to do everything yourself. And if that natural bend isn't corrected on a regular basis, like a wheel alignment on your car, right? It always pulls to one side and you got to get it fixed. If you don't do that, you'll end up in places that leave you, listen, in isolation, in destruction, and even in deception. Why? Because we were never meant to function alone. What did God say? It's not good for man to be alone. Not just for the sexual desire that God, by the way, created inside all of us. So sex within the context of marriage between a husband and a wife is actually good. And it was designed to be good. Outside of God's parameters, it's sin. And therefore, you feel, mm, there's a lot that's in, entangled in that, so I don't have time, it's not a message on, on that. But when we begin to isolate, trouble's lurking. Ever seen those documentaries where the lion is hungry and they're waiting and they show you how I, I love watching them? My kids are like, Dad, that's gross, I don't want to see it. I'm like, but look, the cinematography is amazing. Look, the cameras could see in the dark now and it looks like it's in color during the day. But they wait. And they watch, and they wait for, the, usually it's the, the weakling, the, the, the newborn calf, or gazelle, or I don't know all the language. But, and, but the animals know, they're smart, and they go, oh, they're slower, they're younger, they're weaker than the rest. So when the lion starts to attack, they've already singled out and isolated, it's going to be this one. And when the attack comes, everyone takes off, but who's lingering behind? It's the little one, the weaker one. And so when we are in isolation, right, there's 
It leads to isolation, destruction, and deception because we're not meant to function that way. So think of Lego. Any parents ever step on a Lego in the dark? And you're like, ah. Yeah, it's happened. We have funny stories. I don't have time to get into them. But I remember one Christmas we bought How many pieces were in there? Like 1,040 or something? My wife's like, there's a sale here. Go. It was like a Christmas Boxing Day sale. And I'm like, okay, Lord, favor, because I'm not, I'm not the father who's going to punch someone to get the Lego. <laughs> But there, were some, there was stock at this Walmart, so I got it. It was 1,000-something pieces. And it's nice because when you open the package, like the box, they're all in little clear bags. And I'm like, it's all organized. It's like the red, the orange, the green, the like the whole, all the colors of the rainbow. But obviously, Lego's not meant to stay like that. So you open up all the packages and the kids, when they dump their stuff out, it just drives me crazy because they each got a bin. So there are three bins. And if you start doing the math, that's a lot of Lego all over one bedroom floor. And everything is mixed together. Um, and I just look and I go, oh, my goodness. But, but when you think of Lego, is it enough just to have a bin full of a bunch of Lego? Is that like why they were made? Was that the whole purpose and design? No. What was the designer's intent, if you will? That you would take these multicolored pieces and begin to connect them. Yes? Can I get a witness? That's how Lego works. And we've gone to the Lego world. Is that what it's called? Legoland, that's it. It's been a while. But, like, you can make some really cool stuff. And I was like, that's Lego? That's amazing. But, but Lego was not designed to just be left together in a, in a bin as is. And so here's, here's the point of all of that. Like Lego, we're not designed to be around other Lego. Lego pieces, excuse me. We're created to connect. This is how God created you and me. And so in saying that, just because you're close to people doesn't mean you're connected to people. So we like the word proximity. And proximity is important. I'm not discounting it. Because those who were in proximity to Jesus in his earthly ministry, they, they received healing. Um, he took notice of Zacchaeus on the tree because he was within proximity to Jesus as he was passing by. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, just showing up in church and having proximity with brothers and sisters is not enough. We actually have to connect We actually have to link up. And how we do that, I mean, there are a million ways. Be creative. Lego, there's not just one way to use Lego. You can make all sorts of different things. Some are nice. You can, my kids make a house sometimes. Josiah made a kitchen. He's like, Dad, this is the espresso machine. And I was like, that was really creative. I was like, that's so cool. He's like, this is the window and this is the sink. It was a kitchen. And then... Um, Nathan, I don't even know what, what that looks like or what it is, but it's cool because he had an idea, and to him, I created it. And so connection for you and me is not limited to a Sunday morning service where I just go, hey, hi, good, good yeah, God, God bless you, yeah. And we maybe chat in the hallway, and then our deacon says, um, in the service, guys, keep the hallways clear. I'm trying to connect. Pastor said we got to connect. We, we are created creatively that we can find ways to connect and on different levels to connect. Some of you are really good with connecting with children. And I noticed that because my, my son Josiah especially, he likes hanging around with adults. And when he's with children, he acts like a two-year-old. When he's with adults, I'm amazed. And, and parents tell me, man, your son, he like... He talks here. And I'm like, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because with us, sometimes, I don't know. But we're creative and we know how to connect. It, we're wired that way. So gone are the days for Weston where this is the standard of connecting. Can someone say amen? If this is all it is, we're cutting ourselves short of the full life God has intended for you and me.
Can someone say amen? So just because you're close doesn't mean you're connected. In fact, I want to go here for a minute. Social media has diluted the meaning of connection. Why? Because it gives us the feeling like we're connected, but we're actually not. I know a lot of people who have like hundreds, if not thousands of followers, but they are depressed and they're still at home in a dark room and they haven't left their home in a very long time. I've talked to some of them and it's amazing. You would never guess. Because they have lots of followers, but lots of followers don't mean you're actually connected. I was last week when I was um, speaking at this conference. Uh, by the way, Dave Spataro brings, I bring you his greetings. Uh, one of my great friends, he's preached here several times. God willing, he'll be back in 2023. Um, and he's got two kids now, by the way, which is a miracle. So some of you know, you remember the stories. So... Um, at the conference, I was speaking with someone, and he said, yeah, my, my, he's in ministry, but he said, my brother um, is into, was into gaming. And it got to a point where he lived in his basement, and he had to, he goes, I had to tell my brother, you got to, like, stop playing, and you need to go shave, and you need to go shower, because you actually smell like B.O., and it's a little funny maybe, but the reality is he was so far gone in this world that he forgot there's a real world here. That his own family was neglected, but like, he, I don't know. He goes, but thankfully he's out of that. And, um, and so everything, we have to have balance though. That, you know, and when it comes to social media... Maybe we're living for the likes and the follows and the subscribes, but that's all good if that's what God has asked of you and called you to. Don't get me wrong. But on the other flip side, you have to have meaningful connection and relationships. Um, and is there a way to do it on social media? I think so. You know what? One of the greatest joys I've had is actually um, having people that I've met online and then one day meeting them in person and building re real relationship, even though we don't live in the same city, and then staying in touch and with FaceTime and all of these other ways, we can actually... So when we do get together, there's real life connection happening and ministry. So I'm not bashing social media. I'm just saying it's, you've got to be careful um, because you might think you're connected, but in reality, only you know where where that leaves you in the end. So here's what I want to submit. God, he solved the disconnection problem with another person, not with technology. Did you catch that? So Genesis chapter 2, it's not good for man to be alone. God didn't invent technology so that he could stay connected as we know today. He created a person a human being, to have physical interaction with that Adam could be intertwined with. Now, obviously, that's husband and wife, but in our daily relationships, this applies as well, and we live this out. So, um, Scripture has a lot to say about our relationship with one another, and I need to breeze through because I'm going to invite the staff up in a minute. Um, so, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron... So a friend sharpens a friend. So this is great. But did you know this? The iron is not sharpened on contact. It's sharpened in friction. So contact is like, God bless you. Good to see you today. Contact, contact, contact. But iron is actually sharpened with the friction, which means it might somehow show up like this. Hey, um, I didn't really appreciate what you said about me the other day. Oh, can you remind me of what I said? Yeah, you said da-da-da-da-da. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even mean it like that. And, and there's a sharpening of your relationship. And a lot of times, here's the danger. There's friction and the tendency people have is we don't like conflict. We don't like friction. So what do we do? We leave. We walk away. Maybe we leave a church and say, I'm going to go find another church because I didn't like what that person did or said. Instead of confronting it, 
We just let it fester. And here's the thing again, when we're pulling back, what are we doing? We are isolating ourselves. And is that what God wants for us? Absolutely not. And so we were designed to be in the body, to be connected to his body. And so the question, it's not about how long have you been here at Weston. It's about how connected have you been at Weston. Ask yourself the question. I can't answer it for you. I mean, I see your beautiful faces every Sunday. I see a lot of new faces that come. And, and we're grateful for each and every one of you. But again, it's not about how long have you been here. It's how connected are you here. And that's where true joy, true life is experienced. When, and it's yes, there's a part that we play as a hosting church when new people come. We want to be warm and welcoming. But also for you, you have, if we take two steps toward you, you have to be willing to take one step as well toward people and stick around maybe after service, stick around maybe for coffee with the pastor so we can actually shake hands. That's just connecting. It's not the friction part. Don't worry. But we, we want to at least get to know you. And, and you got to stay connected. And so I said this, there's the vertical connection, which is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't help you in that one. We give you tools, but that is something as an adult, someone who's old enough, you got to maintain on the regular. You know, we can teach you, lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink. That's the expression. I didn't want to say the horse because I value you more than a horse. So there's the vertical connection. And then there's the horizontal part. So when we're living this one right, the vertical part is enhanced as well, Yes. Amen. You know, I'm going to forgive because I've been forgiven much. I'm going to love because I've been loved much. You know, they might not deserve the mercy I'm extending, but I've been extended mercy, so I'm going to extend mercy. You see, I've been healed, so you know what? I'm going to believe and pray for their healing. I can love better and live in relationship better when I'm living in this relationship the way God wants and intends it to be. So the vertical is first, the horizontal. If we aren't a connected church, we're nothing more than a bunch of Christians, listen, like at a hockey game or at a concert or, dare I say, at a social gathering, a social club. Why? Because then this is just a building where we're hanging out. We're not actually connecting with one another on a deeper spiritual level if, we're, if we aren't connecting. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards, I love that word, of good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So by God's many graces, you and I have received a gift. And we ought to be good stewards of the gifts that God has given us. That's 1 Peter 4.10. And here's what I want to say, because we're going to move now. When we're saying connection, I'm going to give you some opportunity to see where you could connect here at Weston. But listen to this. The warning is, if we only look at serving, only through the lens of the local church, meaning here as, as Weston, in our case... You can easily forget that we are actually a part of Christ's body and that you are a vital part. So in other words, let me say it like this. If we only pay attention to this is how we Weston, and maybe you say, yes, I know if I want to serve, it's, you call it the dream team. And to get on that, you know, we talk about growth track as an entryway. And then there's an orientation. If it's for the worship team, there's an audition. You'll meet with the team lead. Like some of us, we get caught in this little bubble. You know, that's what I mean when I say this is how we Weston. We get stuck in a local church context lens where if they don't do it like I want it, then I'm not going to do it. But here's the warning. Be careful because the Bible says, and we read it in 1 Peter 4.10, you've been given what? A gift. And that gift isn't just for you to take and receive and put on the shelf in your heart. The gift is for you to use 
for his kingdom, for his glory. And when we begin to realize that, then it's like, hey, I, this isn't something that I could leave on the shelf. This is something that I actually need to discover and uncover and then begin to use for God's glory. And, and I'll say this, if, if you don't see yourself serving at Weston, find a place where you can. And I'm not saying leave our church and we don't want you. I, I'm just saying we're going to show you some opportunities that, that, that are here for ministry for you to use your gifts. But the real warning is don't just sit on the pew and let your gift collect, collect dust. Because I don't think that's why those gifts were distributed in the first place. And so there is a, 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 I'm submitting it hopefully gently to you, but it's serious in nature. So how we Weston, yeah, this is how we're doing things. But ultimately, use your gift and find an outlet to use it for God's glory and, and for his kingdom. And so, um, I want you to say this with me. I have a gift. I need to use it. I will use it. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to wrap this up. And then I'm going to invite staff. I said a minute before. I'm going to say a minute again. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to go there in my Bible. I just want to read a few verses because I need you to understand. This isn't my opinion. This isn't my thought on serving or how we stay connected. We see it in Scripture as, hey, this is who God designed us to be. We don't get to determine, do I participate or not? We ought to. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, um, let me actually read it. Um, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So you're given a gift. It is for the benefit of everyone else you see here. It's not for you to benefit. The gift you've been given is so everyone else can be edified or everyone else can benefit. Jump to verse 11. Look at what it says. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides. Who decides? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit decides which gift each person should have. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes I think we've made it too easy where I get to choose yes or no. But really, when I discover the gifts God has placed inside of me, then it's like, okay, God, help me to discover those gifts and now help me to step out and to use them because they're not meant to be dormant. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Look at verse 12. Here's where it gets good. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Remember the Lego bin? Many parts, all different colors and functions to build what you got to build. But we are many parts, but we make up one body, which is Christ's body. And if it's Christ's body, he is still the head of the church, which is his body. Let's jump to verse 18, 1 Corinthians 12. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Just where he wants it. So here's the big question I want to land on for us. So how do you figure out which part you are? How do you figure out which part you are? And I submit to you, um, it starts with discovering the gift you've been given by the Holy Spirit. Yes, God has a plan and a purpose for your future. But I'm just talking very practically for, for church life. We're called to be connected to this house. If Weston is your home, you're, you're connected to this house. Therefore, so are your gifts. Your gifts are connected here. That's why we offer Growth Track, by the way. And I don't know if all of you know this, um, but in Growth Track, in step three, we actually have what we call a disc personality test. Because some of you don't know how you're wired in, in your personality, how you relate with others. But then secondly, 
we, we actually do a spiritual gifts assessment. Now, these are man-made tools. I get that. But they're, they're only meant to help you start discovering and uncovering what gift God has given you. Can he reveal it and speak it to your heart directly? Absolutely. That's great. This might just reaffirm what you've already known. And it's important. But for those of you who are like, I have no clue, Pastor John. I tried kids ministry and I hate kids. <laughs> Never had a passion. Maybe you're not gifted in that area. And maybe we need to start discovering or uncovering a little more of what God placed inside of you. Growth track is great. It'll help you to do that. We, um, we also share ministry opportunities like here are all the known ministries at this present time at the church this happens in growth track and and we show hey based on your personality based on your spiritual gifts what is a good fit and obviously passion has to be taken into account amen because the last thing I want is someone serving in an area where they have zero desire to be because you're no good to anyone else and you're doing yourself and God and Christ's body a disservice. And so it's very important that where you are placed, you're passionate about. That you love what you're doing. And I'm not just saying your job. I'm saying where you serve and, and find a place where your gifts align with your passion. And it's going to be amazing because God wired you for that. And so that's our heart and that's our desire. Um, People have two basic needs, fundamental needs. And I just want to give them to you, and then we're going to invite the staff. Number one is knowing they're cared for. Knowing that they are cared for. And, and this happens in connect groups. We have connect groups that we've launched in October that are running, where you're doing life with a handful of people. You're meeting once a week. Some are online, some are in person. But we have a greater vision for connect groups to be be able to see every one of us connected so that if life happens, and how many of you know it does? Life throws you a curveball, something unexpected. You don't feel isolated and alone. You're like, I have a connect group and I have a connect group leader that cares about me, that is willing to pray with me and walk, hold hands through this situation. Connect groups help in that area. But you got to be vulnerable and you got to be willing to join because sometimes it might be someone else who might need you. As well, And so, knowing they're cared for, number one. But secondly, knowing they're connected to something greater than themselves. Those are the two basic fundamental needs that people have. Knowing they're cared for and that they're connected. And so, what does that look like at Weston? How can you be connected to something greater? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, so, how do you get connected and begin making an eternal difference. At Weston, we do that through the dream team. We do that through the dream team. Those are people who serve here at Weston. You saw on the screen today, we have a dream team celebration. And that's for those who've said, hey, I want to use my gifts and my talent and my passion and my time and my resource to make an eternal difference. And so we honor that when people step up and say, hey, I want to serve. I want to be a part of what God is doing at Weston. We honor that. That's what Dream Team Celebration is about. But that's how we begin to make an eternal difference. And out of this, our prayer is don't let it stop at church. It should extend into your everyday life as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. Amen? And so I submit this to you. All of us were created by God to make a difference in the world around us, all of us. So there's no exception here. God has a place for you where your unique abilities and passions can impact the lives of others. And we believe your life will never make sense until you find, develop, and begin to fulfill your God-given purpose. And so this is how we do it. So how do we get started? I already alluded to it. Growth track. You might say, why growth track? Well, I already shared it. Um, you begin to discover your personality. There's those assessments that are baked into it. You get to know who we are as a church. Because um, maybe some of you are newer. Maybe some of you, you've been here a long time. And you just need a refresher 
Because if you're going to start serving, people might begin to ask you questions and you ought to know how to answer these questions. And if not, you just point them to your team lead and, and, and up the chain it goes. But the beauty of it is you begin to do life with those on the dream team, those who you're serving with, you're, you're scheduled together, the, you practice together, different ministries look different and are set up differently. But everything starts through growth track. The why is so you can actually discover those gifts that God has placed in front of you, or inside of you rather, sorry, and then begin to find a way here at Weston where you can start using them for God's kingdom. Can you say amen? And so I know I've, I'm, I'm going a mile a minute because I need to get our staff up here. So I'm going to invite Pastor Miguel. I'm going to invite Matt. I'm going to invite Pastor Sum to join me on the platform. Because I've asked them, uh, Pastor Tara, we have her on video, even right before she left for Florida for the funeral. Um, we wanted to share with you, you know, you might look and say, oh, um, it looks like the worship team, they're all set. It looks like our ushers and greeters, they're all set. Weston kids, they look good, but um, that's not true. We have room and we have big dreams and big vision to see God do a lot more in us and through us. And so that's why I've asked them to come and they're going to share in just a second. Um, so the first uh, thing we're going to do is we're going to play the video of Pastor Tara. Um, you're going to get, I've asked them to share um, a little about the ministries they oversee and what God has been doing and then the opportunity that exists within the ministry. So if we can roll Pastor Tara's video. Good morning, Weston. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Tara, and I'm the kids pastor here at Weston. For those of you who don't know, we run Weston Kids every single Sunday at 10.30 downstairs in our kids space. If you have children between JK to grade five, then Weston Kids is for you. On average, we have about 30 kids every single Sunday, and we still want to make room for you. We want to open up a toddler room and a nursery room, and we need people like you who are dedicated to seeing children follow their call that God has for their life. And we want to start a program for children with exceptionalities. These are just kids who might need a little extra one-on-one -on -one and a little extra love. So if you're sitting there and if you feel dedicated and called to serving children and our church, then Weston Kids is for you. If you have any more questions about serving with Weston Kids, please feel free to email me or talk to me in person. Thank you so much, and that's it for me this morning. Amen. So earlier you heard the announcement about opening up the second room as an interim Band-Aid solution. That's why. We have a desire to have a toddler class and so and, and a nursery, she said. So for that, we need the manpower, so to speak, to be able to run these extra classes. And parents, if I could take the liberty, let me throw this out. If you're one of the parents in the parenting room or you're maybe in and out because you have toddlers, I'm just spitballing out loud. What if you gave one Sunday a month to just see that toddler class happen and then the other three they're being cared for and loved on, and then you're able to be in the service. I don't know. I'm just submitting that as a, as a thought for you to consider. Um, but there's a need. And so, Pastor Tara, I wish she could be here, but I was very grateful we could capture her on video. So I'll turn it over to Pastor <laughs> to Matt Calabres. Good morning, so, church. May the Lord be praised. Amen. Uh, yeah. So I'm the worship director at this church, and we have an awesome team. And during COVID, we, uh, we lost several people. Things were obviously got very quiet for the whole world. But um, we went from one drummer to one pianist to three drummers and three pianists. Come on. We went from just having two worship leaders between me and Priscilla to now Natalie uh, developing into worship leader. And uh, Megan's been stepping up a lot to lead songs as well. So I praise God for that. Give him a shout of praise. Come on. And the team, the biggest, one of the biggest things with the team that I've seen change over the course of a few years is the culture. And I think culture is very, very important. We've become, we've changed from just musicians showing up that could play and sing to people who want to be a family together and to do life together, to communicate outside of church together, to group up together in different scenarios, and to come here to worship and not just to play. 
As you saw, for example, you give me a shout out, praise. As you saw, for an example, I was just watching one example, not the only one, but as Gail was playing the drums and we're singing Available, I see her singing the song with her eyes closed while playing the drums. I think that's incredible because we're not just playing, we're worshiping with our instruments. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say is if you, as Pastor John preached about the gifting, and you're not sure what gift you have, maybe you need to be in the Word more, and then the Lord will reveal that to you. Yeah. When's the last time you've gone down your knees and asked God, Lord, I'm not doing anything at church, speak to me. I think it's very important that we speak to the Holy, speak to, to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit speak to us Amen. through prayer yeah. and through the word. So if you are one of those who maybe, I want to serve because I love God and I understand being the body of Christ, but I don't know where to serve. I don't know what to do. Maybe you know, open your Bible and then open your lips and speak to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not saying like, open your Bible or not, but I'm saying we need to be in deep with the Lord, and then God will speak those. Holy Spirit speaks to us through his words, the living word, yeah. and through prayer. And through prayer. <clears throat> so, with that said, don't think that you see a few people up here, the worship team is all happy, dandy, and we got enough people. More the merrier yeah. in, any, in every department, even at your jobs, more the merrier. So, if you have a musical gift, come speak to me. I would love to hear what God has been putting on your heart and on your life, and how he has gifted you, and... The more the merrier. You know, we, we, don't, we only have one basis. Poor Ralph. Not po poor Ralph, but blessed Ralph. Let me tell you, what a guy, man. Every single week, faithfully serving. Faithfully serving. I've gone way past my time. What else is new? But again, please, <laughs> pray about it. Think about it. See how God is leading you. I, I've even talked. I won't name the name unless they want me to. But I've talked to someone, a woman in this church, who wants to help me develop a choir. How awesome would that be to have a choir in this church? Do you mind if I say your name right now? So I'll, I'll, I won't put it in the spotlight, but, um, but it's awesome. And so God could do so much more. And when you've seen me by myself leading worship, let's say five months ago, that was because we didn't have enough people. And I can't just keep scheduling the same person over and over again as they want, you know, you want, want them to rest and worship in the pews too. So anyways, Priscilla's looking at Pastor John and being like, hey, come on, he's got to wrap it up. Next person, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I have too much fun with this mic. Um, anyways, I'm going to hand it off. Who's the next person? Pastor Soom? All right. Well, anyway, so let that, if you need, yeah, praise God. Thank you, Matt. Wow. Thank you, Matt. Um, I'm here to share multiple opportunities. I've been blessed to oversee a, a bunch of ministries here that um, I would even say is um, behind the scenes. And I just want to share with you, uh, church. So first, I want to talk about youth ministry. Um, praise God for the youth ministry. Praise God for the youth and, and for all the youth. I love you guys. Um, the youth leadership team, uh, we, we've, been in, we've been blessed to get to know you over the past couple of months. And we look forward to... Keep getting to know you and keep building that relationship. But just for youth ministry, if you're sitting there and, and you feel a call to the young generation, uh, you believe in mentoring them, um, being a spiritual sister, brother, even a father or a mother, um, our youth ministry team right now, I would even say we're on the younger side. So we're actually looking for even older spiritual fathers and mothers. So um, if, you, if you feel that, you know, leading the, the young generation in that way would be beneficial in terms of praying for them, giving them your experiences, you know, what you guys walk through in your life, I, I believe it'll impact them. Um, that's why I, how I was impacted growing up with my spiritual father and mothers. And if you're sitting there and you would love to be a part of the youth ministry, come speak to me, okay? Um, I also want to share a little bit about media. So um, right now, I just want to give a shout to Saeed, who's just standing right there at the back. Saeed, so right now... Uh, we actually have one photographer. So if you guys are on our social medias, our Facebook, all the pictures you see, amazing. It's from the lenses of Saeed's personal camera. Saeed's is every Sunday he serves with an open and willing heart. I even tell Saeed, Saeed, like, you need to rest. Like, we, 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 the Sabbath is important. He goes, nope. Like, but you know what? We're praying for more photographers in the house. If you feel you have a gift to media, you know, you have the gift behind the lens. You feel like you, you have vision, aesthetic um, opportunities. We're, we're, we're praying and looking for that. So just come speak to me as well. As Pastor John mentioned, social media, uh, social media, of course, um, Pastor John is right. We don't use social media to, to connect. We want to connect in-house. We want to uh, iron sharpens iron too. But the point is, we, we want to use our social media to reach people, let's say, aren't even in our country and are not even in 
in Toronto, in our province. And right now, like, we have a really strong, dedicated social media team, Francesca, Alexis. We just got Karen involved. Just give a round of applause to our team who edit every single day. They have school. Like, it just it's amazing. But you know what? We, we believe there are some gifted artistic, um, aesthetic, you know, people in the church who can give those gifts. You know, if you guys have access to Photoshop, have experience editing YouTube videos, we're calling on you here to just join the team. Um, we have an amazing culture that we want to keep building. And then, of course, um, you know, when it, when it comes to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, if you want to help us reach people, and as Pastor John mentions, the stories where people would messages on Instagram, and then Pastor John, we meet them in the house. We've had stories like that where people found our church through our social media. So if you want to be a part of that engagement where you're leading people to our church through just a simple comment, a simple reply, a simple answer back from a direct message, the social media team is for you. Okay? One more I want to mention. It's the production team. Just quick shout out to the production team with the back right there. We have Lovelyn. Lovelyn Akinyemi. She, she has stepped up into leading this ministry uh, with our youth. We got Gabriel and Malachi, some of our youth back there. And um, production team, I would even say it's a special ministry because I would say um, they're not being seen on the pulpit, let's just say, as the worship team. They're not seen on even social media. They're not seen, but it's as Pastor John said, we are all different parts into one body. And of course, if you believe that, you know, you love to serve, but you don't have to be in front of the cameras. You don't have to be walking around and greeting people. Then I highly recommend the production team where we have a very great culture back there. We're like a little family, you know, we catch up. There's a little booth there. And um, we love to. So if you want to help, um, you know, with our pro presenter stuff, our live stream where we're reaching people across the world. And even... Um, to our sound. If you guys hear our sound, um, that's all in the production team. So we're, I'm asking you to think about all of these ministries. And if you feel like, you know, this is where you'd want to get involved with, we, I highly encourage you to look into it and um, speak to me or the team about that. Thank you. And I guess for everything else, there's me. <laughs> um, no, um, listen, we need you but you need people as well. Yeah. This is the whole point of all of this at the end of the day. I wanna say this, we are downloading a lot of stuff on you, but we're not desperate. God is doing things in this house, but we want you to be connected. And we know to have the best that God has for you, it's being connected, it's serving, it's getting in the dirt alongside people, right? We're not, so I say this again, we're not saying this because we're desperate, but we want you to discover everything that God has for you. And the way to do that is through serving. So I'm going to give you some opportunities here that you may not think matter, but they actually do. I want to talk to you about the First Impressions team, which consists of our greeters and our ushers. You may not know this, but statistics prove that most people, when they're visiting for the first time, within the first five minutes, before they ever hear a worship uh, song, before they hear the sermon, they decide whether or not they're going to return to a church or not. Ushers and greeters matter. They matter because people want to know, am I just a name? Am I just filling a spot or am I cared for? So within five minutes, they'll be able to decide maybe this is for me. Maybe this is not for me. So we, hey, listen, if you love people, if you got an outgoing personality, the first impressions team is for you. We want you to love on people. Growth track. Growth track is important. It matters. Why? Because we talk about what Weston's all about. We, would just, we didn't want to know that you're the right fit for us and we're the right fit for you, yeah. right? And so we'll talk about our values. Listen, who we were back in 2019, we're very different today in who we are as a church. God's been doing some awesome things. So we're going to talk about our values and our culture because it's changed. And so we need people on our growth track team to help teach, to help host, to help welcome, to help point people into the next direction, whatever their next step is, whether they're new to the faith, whether they're new to Weston, or maybe they've been doing it for years and we just don't know where to plug them in. Growth Track will help you do that. As well, we have some ministries we want to birth in 2023. We want to birth an outreach team to do outreach. We need to strengthen our evangelism muscle. We, need, we want to birth a care team to actually, for when you're in moments of need, when you need care, you get prayed for, you get love done, whatever that looks like. So if you have that personality, come and see me. We need to birth a parking lot team. Listen, not just for this location, but for the locations ahead. Listen, we, we have a big vision here that we're believing that this will be filled. 
right? And we're going to probably have multiple services here, but we have the second location as well. And, and listen, there are more ministries that are going to be birthed. And so we will move at the speed of your yes. So if any of those interest you, if you have an idea, come and see me and we can talk and we'll pray about it and go from there. I turn it over to you, Pastor John. Uh, one, one more thing I want to say is there, there, I've, I've heard in the past too and, and even recent times where it's like, you know, oh, I wish we did this in our church. Or we had this ministry or we should do this or we should do that. So what I want to say is if you have those ideas, sometimes we don't, we're not able to do everything like the outreach ministry or the care team because we also need the people, right? So Pastor Miguel said we're not desperate, but if we want to do more, it takes more to get it done, right? Look at a company. They're not going to be successful with only one person. You grow, right? So if you have great ideas that you feel like, I wish to do this ministry or that ministry, like Wycliffe recently, Brother Wycliffe with the prayer ministry, right? Then, then we need people to step up. And, and even if you can't commit to a full time, maybe you could help in some way and contribute. And that's another way we could, that the Lord could birth more ministries and fresh ministries for our church as we, as we expand into the community. Amen. And I know time is moving. And so how do we land the plane this morning? Because I said, this is great. We'll do all this and then we'll pray and ask you to pray and just say that's it. It won't work because then it's like, what is the next big step then? If, if you're not serving already on the dream team and this message to, yeah, thanks guys and Pastor Tara. If, um, if you're not serving actively but you want to, um, what we've done in speaking with our growth track team is next Sunday... It's going to be a growth track intensive at 8.30 in the morning where you'll complete all three steps. We'll get you done before this service starts um, next week. And it's next Sunday p.m. They have to sign up for growth track intensive through our website. Yes. So you have to sign up. We're going to be ready to receive you at 8.30 a.m. Um, and then you'll, you'll get all of the stuff that we've talked about through growth track um, but I would also say pray between now and next Sunday. If you've never taken growth track, sign up for it, be a part. But between now and then, pray. Let God start speaking to your heart um, as to the gift. And then hopefully growth track is just the confirmation of what God has already said or spoken over your life. Um, and really, like you heard from us, but it's I mean, there are other ministries like was made reference to, uh, there's the 5 a.m. prayer call that there are ministries going on that you don't see, um, but they're, they're real and they exist. And not every ministry is equal either. I'll say that. To be up here on the platform on a Sunday, there's a lot more expected of you than maybe someone who's going to serve in a setup teardown capacity for an event. Um, and it's, it's just, it comes with the, the, the territory. Uh, but we want to give you those opportunities. And so what is the big call to action then? If you're already serving, that's awesome. Keep putting God first. Keep using those gifts and talents for his glory. If you're ready, and this message today was uh, very engaging for where you're at and you want to serve, then next Sunday, make sure right now, sign up for Growth Track Intensive, 8.30 a.m. And uh, we're believing that we're going to enlist more people to serve in Weston. But listen, as you're serving here, you're actually using your gifts to serve the Lord. What you're also doing by default is you're linking up with those people in the ministry who will hold you accountable to your yes, who will encourage you when maybe you show up after a difficult drive to church or a difficult week that you've experienced, you're going to find a group of people that are like family who actually care about you. And that's our intent and our purpose and our hope. So it's like we serve the Lord, we accomplish the tasks, we're making an eternal difference. And we're doing life with people. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning as we close? Um, so it's a different response. Sometimes the response is, hey, we're going to have an altar call. And if that's you, come forward. The response this morning is um, pray. And then if you're not serving, sign up for a growth track intensive. That's the appropriate response this morning. 
and God will speak to your hearts. I know he will. Amen. This evening, don't forget, we have Encounter Night at 6.30. Um, if, if you're not familiar, yeah, Megan's excited because she, she knows God meets her there. Amen. And so if you desire more, maybe you want to hear from God about how he wired you. It's a night where we spend time in God's presence. There's room. Uh, when I say room, I'm saying um, we say, Lord, there's no sermon. There's no three-part message that we got to get through. We're here for you. And sometimes we have prophetic words that come out. There's times of prayer, uh, laying on of hands. We pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We just make it a night all about God and say, it's your agenda, not ours. And so tonight, 6.30 encounter night, last thing, and then we pray. Uh, there's an opportunity for you to give, because I will forget this, and I always usually do. Um, but Weston, you are a generous family. Uh, as believers, we are called to lead a generous life. And um, if you call Weston home, it's a, a place where you can give your tithes and offerings. And so there's the digital option on the screen. But then you can also physically give it a check or cash. If you're writing the check, make it out to our full name, Weston Road Pentecostal Church, or else our bank will not accept it. And we'll have to do the hard work of following up. But has it been good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. God is good. And all the time. Sometimes I'm just saying it as a statement, but we're, we're so wired that we want to echo it, so it's okay. Let's do it for real on purpose now. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Would you lift your hands for the blessing as we pray? Father, we thank you. This day is about you. Lord, I bless every single person that's been here. Lord, I pray for a holy discontent with life as we know it as normal. And God, I pray that you would interrupt our, our daily schedules and tasks for kingdom purposes. And Father, as we leave now, let your face shine upon us. Be gracious to us. And Father, we love you and we say thank you for every good blessing you've poured out. Lord, our desire now in response is to use our gifts only for your glory and all for your glory. So may we be a church that is all in, sold out for the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. And though the service is over, church is not. God bless you and we'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope listening to this week's sermon has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.